Cheers, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Good to see you. This is my uh, dude. This is my after work beer. This is my the, today sucked, and then that's my social beer. This was this is my it's my AC broken my car beer. Oof. Yeah, dude. Oof. It's like a hundred and one out there. It's fucking terrible. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's like the devil's taint, man. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. But so since the last time that we really sat down like this, you have done a lot. I've done a lot. Yeah. I'm very Absolutely. proud of you. Thanks, man. I appreciate very, it. You too, very dude. This proud is a beautiful setup. Oh, thank this. you. Yeah. So you officially have an apprenticeship, right? Yeah. And how long have you been doing that for? Uh, a year and a half now. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So where are you working out of? I'm at a Serpent Street Tattoo. It's in like the Taylor Ranch area. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so how long is the average apprenticeship until you're like a full-fledged like tattoo artist? Is that relative? So it's it's usually, it, it's really proprietary to each um, mentor, but typically a pretty standard one if you're lucky, if you have a really good one, um, two years. So that first year you're working on art pretty much design placement of like color black usage of certain black and then like hand techniques and whatnot and that second year is usually tattooing um and then you spend like a a good year tattooing with your mentor present um and then you're a full-fledged tattoo artist after that yeah so when do you start implementing it's awesome that you don't even spend the first uh year yeah even on skin that's very good i'm Mm -hmm. glad to hear that yeah honestly right but like how much time do you spend until you start doing like the fake skin or do you even use fake skin? Yeah, you still use fake skin for sure. Okay. Um, like I said, pretty much like that year um, you, you go through because there's so much that goes into like, you know, what makes a pretty good tattoo artist isn't just like, oh, here's a machine. Anyone can tattoo. But it's like down to design. It's about to like body placement, how to fit certain things with other pre-existing tattoos, stuff like that, like flow. Uh, that you work on primarily. So whenever you do start to tattoo, um, you can just go straight into technique instead of like having to, you, instead of struggling with like, like the technicality of actual tattooing. Yeah. So in one point, remember you brought up when we uh, ran into each other a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. you're really a stickler about making sure that finer details like a face or right. a real intricate uh, just detail doesn't mm-hmm. fade over time. How do right. you prevent that from happening? And while you answer that question, I just noticed that Daredevil's arm is falling off. Oh my god! So I'm gonna go ahead and fix that. Yeah, yeah. But so how Hell's do you? Angel, so how yeah. do you stop that from happening? Um, it's usually like a it's a it's a that's the tough part because it's it's really um, like I said it's down to like design and. Um, for me, I do traditional, and traditional is pretty much putting like a sticker on your skin. So if you if you want something that's gonna last, if you want something that's going to you know, uh, it's not gonna be like hyperrealism. Hyperrealism is beautiful. I love the art, but um, then you have to get into the idea of like how long is that tattoo gonna last? How long is that gonna stay looking like that? And it's really it's really up to like the. Um, how like how detail oriented the tattoo artist is but with what i'm getting into uh which is traditional so like in a little bit of neo trad um it's just it's about you know like uh design and that's why you work on design for that full year because you need to know those technicalities about not only your design uh like clean lines um black placements so you don't know how to like you so you, so you don't get things muddied but also skin type skin type it goes huge into that you have to know the body. And that's why as a tattoo artist who's in a shop or apprentice who's in a shop, you take bloodborne and pathogen tests. You take other tests. And if you are like if you are 
I got lucky because prior to this, I went to school for human physiology. So I know a fuck ton about skin. So, um, it's, it's those things where it's like, you know, um, that you have to really just kind of know like what you're getting yourself into before you can't just go into the, uh, a, a client and assume that they're like the, your last three clients. It is very circumstantial per situation. And so you brought up two different types, the traditional and the neo-traditional. What really differentiates those two? Cause like I'll watch something that's like a big, uh, that's yeah, a, like, <laughs> like ink master. And they're like, Oh, uh, black and gray traditional, but up, up, or new, yeah. uh, new traditional, but up, or just a bunch of different like watercolor. This is, I'm like, I'm going to skip to the final part. We all decide who's six, who six have, and who stays. I, yeah, yeah. I have yeah. no idea what you're talking about. Um, it's kind of, that's a huge debate, dude. Cause like anyone you ask is going to change. Um, and I think that's the fun part because, um, so traditional is that you're taking a style that, you know, like, um, uh, um, Sailor Jerry did or, uh, Burchette or these, you know, these, these main, uh, artists who really just capitalize on simplifying other design, like, uh, uh just other styles. Or implementing different styles into one, uh, into one very simplified, very American tra- uh, traditional uh, style, and um, anything neo trad. Like I, I had spoke to my buddy about this a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's been tattooing for a while now. And I asked him, I was like, "What's your idea of neo trad?" And he was like, "Anything that's not just straight up traditional." And I was like, "So that's confusing <laughs> because you know, like if you even tweak the smallest thing, like then would you consider that neo trad?" And he said yes. But then I asked my, you know, my mentor. I was like, "Hey, what's neo trad?" And he just straight up looked at me and goes, "I, I don't know. <laughs> like, I have no idea anymore. Anything like anything that's like, and what I've got is it's like a it's a mix of traditional and like um, not necessarily realism, but illustrative." Um, anything that's like pretty, honestly, um, because if you look at traditional, a lot of traditional faces on, on, on like pinups or women, they're ugly, they're ugly shit. So if you change that to make it very, very pretty, I had people just go through my head who have portraits. Like, you're just like, fuck, they are ugly. Yeah. And you know, I respect the shit out of it. I love it. That's where my heritage came from, but I'm not putting that shit on my body. You know, like I, I have some very traditional, you know, like brochette, like this is a very brochette design. Um, why, why, why is that? Based off that artist, I guess. Oh, so Brichette was... Uh, oh, dude, that's a whole other thing. So, like, Brichette was this fucking madman, dude. He, uh, he um, was basically... He would... How do I explain this? He would write, like, letters. And... Um, or just, I guess, to, to quicker... To, to sum it up, he would go out of his way to kind of learn other styles. And then he would like make it his own, simplify it, and you know he was part of the he was part of the the um, well navy. Yeah, he was part of the navy, and said, "Fuck the navy, I'm gonna draw, I'm gonna paint, I'm gonna <laughs> tattoo," which is sick, dude. Like those are like you know like that's where like you know like a lot of the stories of tattooing comes from. A lot of a lot of tattoo artists were part of the navy, and they would see like these Japanese uh, tattoos come from across the sea, and they were like, "Who did that?" I want to, you know, and then he, they would get that information and they're like, I want to do, I want to implement that somehow. And the, and Burchette was one of those guys. And he just, he just, he was like, you know, he's not, he's not as known as like Sailor Jerry, who was very much doing pretty much, pretty much the same thing, but like more Japanese, more uh, detailed uh, like dragons instead of like a super just simple uh, dragon or lady face or whatever the case may be. Also, do I have these on backwards? Uh, do you actually have them on right? 
Okay. Um, because a, well, a lot of people, because it really matters. We're just speaking. Right? Okay. Maybe we're not making music. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But because a lot of people have it to where the wire goes that way, just because of okay. like comfort. But yeah, technically, yeah. you have it right. I saw the left and right, and I was like, yeah. "Fuck it, okay." <laughs> yeah, okay. you're good. Cool. Um, but yeah, dude, it, and that's like you know, there, there's so many different tattoo artists out there that have um, that kind of origin story where they're in, you know. Um, like Ed Hardy and like, they just like, they came from all these different places. A lot of them came from the Navy and just decided they wanted to tattoo. Wait, Ed Hardy was a tattoo artist. Yeah. I had no idea. I just yeah. thought it was a douchebag clothing brand. I'm going to be honest. Mm, yeah. That's all I thought it was. So that's the trickle down system, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, you have something beautiful and it just gets fucking, you know, Florida wear, you know, <laughs> like that's all motherfuckers would wear out there. Like I'd be working and I'd be like, what the? Just a bedazzled crocodile. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, you know, I respect it, but at the, I don't, you know? Mm. So fuck dude, that's just awesome. That like, cause, cause you've been an artist for as long as I've known you. Yeah. You've been super into art. Yeah. Performing, like drawing it, do whatever you can do just right. to surround yourself around art. Yeah. So to know that you're a year and a half deep, Mm-hmm. into an apprenticeship and i mean yeah. you're gonna make this a career yeah. i'd imagine right Absolutely. This is just a fucking hobby that's that's the thing too about like apprenticeships or just tattooing that and like that's one key aspect that's you know like i said earlier anyone could just pick up a machine and tattoo but there is so much that, and, and it, it's a glorified lifestyle it you have don't get me wrong there's so much amazing things that come from tattooing but there's a lot of risk there's a lot of um hard work and sacrifice that goes into it like, I fucking, I don't have friends because I'm fucking always working, dude. Like, I don't, like, I don't have a girlfriend because, like, I can't keep up. Like, you know, I prioritize, this is my life. And it's not always going to be like that. But not too many people can go through, you know, an apprenticeship right and, um, you know, come out, you know, kind of just sane. Because it, it is, like, there is so much that goes into it. And there's so much that it takes from you. Because, like, I put in, like, fucking 12-hour days at the shop. You know, I get there, I clean, I fucking uh, do all the shit for the other artist, and then I do my shit. This is delicious, by the way. Thank you. The podcast is brought to you today by OrganicPriceBooks.com. I love comic books. That is absolutely no secret to any of my friends, family, or listeners. And right here is just some of the comics that I have either bought or gotten sent to me by the fine folks over at Organic Price Books. As you can tell, they have a wide selection from DC, Independent, Marvel, and they have become the number one spot for everything omnibus, oversized hardcover, or just general collected editions. No matter what you want, they've got it. Go to their website and at checkout, use our promo code, just my name, Noah, N-O-A-H, to get additional discounts on top of what they already offer, which ranges anywhere from 30 to 50% off. Organicpricebooks.com, use my promo code, Noah, N-O-A-H, and start reading comics today. Um, well, oh, I'm done with mine. Okay, yeah, it's time. Yeah. Um, but there's so much that goes into it, and um, you know, it gets very lonely. Um, it gets very, you know, like, um, and then you, if deeper than that, like I got very lucky with the shop I'm at. They're all very respectful, very patient, very kind. Not every apprenticeship is going to be like that. There's a hierarchy within tattooing where it's just like, you know, you are bottom fucking bitch. Whenever you go in there as an apprentice, you don't yeah. fucking know shit. Even if you were an artist prior to that, no one fucking cares. Yeah. Tattooing and art, like, you know, tattooable art is completely different. And sure, like, you know, eventually if you want to uh, implement your, your artistic ways from prior to that into your tattoos, sure, great, fuck yeah, do it. 
but you have to learn and respect that the initial um, foundations of tattooing. And that's like, you know, like not everyone can do that. Not everyone, um, you know, like, you know, it, it's very hard because like some days you make a lot of money, some days you don't fucking make shit. And so like, you know, I worked, uh, I, I had a part-time job. And then at the time, like last time I saw you, it was, it was school, part-time job, and then tattoo uh, uh, shop. So it was fucking nonstop for me, dude. I had like no days off. Fuck, I still have no days off. But I make sure that like I have a day now because I've been in this long enough that I can just relax. And that's and that's like, you know, like that's a year and a half in. So that, that first year, like there's so much that goes into it that, you know, it's a glorified, you see, like I see these fucking TikToks where people are like, I think I might become a tattoo artist. Or like, you know, I see these people on Facebook or Instagram, they're like, yeah, I just bought my machine, like my, my tattoo gun. I'm like, eh, okay, machine, but you know, fuck it, who, who cares? Um, but it's like those things, it's like, and, and, you know, if you can be, if you're a scratcher, and that's like a term that like, you know, you fucking tattoo outside your house, you have no prior knowledge, that's what, you know, scratchers. And if you're a scratcher and you make it to the fucking big leave tattooing, dude, fucking kudos. That shit's tight. Like, you, that is madman shit. But that is a very, very small population. That's a minute dude, fucking amount of people. I know fucking very minuscule amounts of people that have done that. Like, that's the equivalent of, because I don't know if you've heard this story, and I just heard this story, because uh, Dave Chappelle, he mm. put up his acceptance speech on Netflix, because he had a uh, the Duke Ellington School of Arts. Right. They dedicated his, uh, or the like, Performing Arts Center to him. And he told the story about how the first night he did an open mic, he killed it. Yeah. He didn't bomb. He didn't crash. He didn't. Yeah. It wasn't Red Door, bro. No, no, right. no disrespect to, to Red Door, but there's a po- couple yeah. of uh, iffy ones over there. But right. that's the equivalent to that. Right. Like how many dudes who tattoo out of their garage are gonna fucking make turn it? out to be like the right. shit? Exactly, and it's 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 almost none. So it's like, you know, getting getting an apprenticeship, it's fucking hard. It's tough. It is blood, sweat, tears, dude. But I was like, gonna say like, how? What do you have to do to even get? You can't just walk in like it's a job application. <laughs> Kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's like, hey, here's my portfolio of what I've done, like what I've painted. Well, right, but I'm saying like, I can't, I don't have an art portfolio. Right. I can't walk into a tattoo shop and be like, hey, I want to be an apprentice. And they like, they tell, they tell me to go fuck myself. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I, I got extremely lucky. My mentor was nice enough to ask me, but it was because, um, you know, I, I have, this isn't like my first shop. I have that prior knowledge, you know, I have like even this guy that's fucking crazy to see, honestly, thanks for hanging up the fuck up. Yeah, it's, it's, dude, you know, I love that. I love looking at that. And it's crazy because it's like, there's, I would, I would do it completely differently now, now that I'm in a different shop, now that I'm learning shit. And, um, you, you know, and like he, it's really up to that artist. It's timing. It's how you fit within the shop. It's like your respect for the shop, the respect for art, how much you get fucking tattooed. If you have no tattoos and you're walking around like, Hey, can I get an apprenticeship? Like, you're not going to fucking get it because the best way to get into an apprenticeship, fucking get tattooed. I would never get a tattoo from someone who's never gotten tattoos or has very little tattoos. I would never do that. But you see, even like a guy like me who only has like his arms, a piece on his leg and a mm -hmm. piece on his back. I'm like, Dude, you weren't ballsy enough to get your fucking skull tattooed. Yeah, dude. I'm not like, gonna let you, you know, like, like you don't have a fucking black arm, dog. Like, yeah. What's going on? <laughs> but it, it's 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 exactly that, dude. It's um, you know, it's it's rough and it's it's tiresome. So the people that do, you know, like uh, there was a kid a couple months back that had came into our shop and like I was cleaning up. It was the end of the night, 
and he came in with his little art portfolio and i was like oh god bless i'm gonna have to say fucking no to this kid but like you know let's i want to hear his spiel so if there's anything that i can help him with i can he did his whole thing nervous as fuck dude and poor kid and he goes um like thought i was like you know like i would be a deciding fucking factor i'm like no nah, dude i'm just an apprentice bro but you know like good job like that was fucking great <laughs> and um you know like it, it's like you know that persistence i loved that he you know since he was persistent since he had enough fucking balls to go into a shop that he had said that he'd never gotten tattooed at but he would see our instagram posts um that he wanted to give it a try and it's that mentality that's going to get you an apprenticeship it's going in, taking a risk, because that's all tattoo is, dude. Like, it's fucking risk-taking. You'll never know, like, you know, if if you just decide, like, oh, I'll never get that, fuck yeah, you're never going to get that. But if you go in with that balls, like, even if I don't get it, now they know me. Now they know my face. Well, and that's with any kind of art in general. If right. you take away the inherent risk of you are putting something on someone's body that will be there forever unless they have about 5 to 10 Gs to throw away. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So save for that. You are doing something that, yes, you can go to school for it, but there's no, like, there's no paved path mm -hmm. yeah. to get to this. And that's in whether you're doing fucking music, tattooing, stand-up comedy, fucking any kind of styling, art. like, yeah. yeah, any of that. Well, I mean, they can, they can go to their school. little hairdresser school and right. go to the great It's, it's the fine, same but. shit, though, that it's like, <laughs> dude, like, if you want to be a good one, you... you but exactly, if you want to be great, and I was having this conversation with uh, a couple of the guys that do, that are in the band, I don't even heard of them, they're called the Sons of Harvard. No. Um, yeah, they're a local band, but they're kind of coming up, and one thing that the singer... He's obviously super fucking passionate yeah. about what he's doing. And he's like, yeah, there's, yes, we always have to work hard because, you know, we, well, first of all, we love it, but also the more time we put in, there's always going to be like that edge that we get because we're putting that much time. And then there's always someone on your ass. Right. There's always some, not to make like an evil competition, but like there's always someone waiting for the opportunity that you're waiting for. There always, always. is. And tattooing is 10 times. Dude. Oh, I'm, I couldn't even fucking imagine. Dude, like again, <laughs> and like that's, that's the crazy part is that like, you know, like I remember when I first got into this, I was like, I'm going to be one of the greats. I'm going to be fucking <laughs> sick, dude. Like, you know, and then like it just humbled the fuck out of me because it's just like everyone and their mom is tattooing. Everyone has a different style everyone you know and it's up to your fucking hard work your dedication i don't give a fuck about being a great i just want to tattoo and it's that it's that men mentality change that through just like i want to tattoo i want to do this shit for fucking life that who knows i might be a fucking great but like who fucking cares i just want to do this shit for the rest of my life and the difference between like you know like what i do and this is this isn't saying like everyone should do this for sure um but if, I mean, it, it's up to them. Like, I paint and I draw every single fucking day. Even if I'm at the shop, if I'm not at the shop, you know, I wake up, I have a routine about it. I wake up, I have my fucking coffee, I water my garden, and then I, I fucking paint. You're so zen, dude. I'm fucking zen, dude. It's fucking nice. Yeah, a year and a half later, dude, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm still stressed, but I'm gonna walk <laughs> like water my garden. Um, but it's it's definitely that, dude. And, and because of that, like, I've had a, I, I've had a 180 with my art. Um... My my technical understanding with traditional has gotten so much more in depth because of how much effort I put in. Because like even and days off are much needed, so you don't get burnt out for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, it it's also very much like work your fucking ass off. Try to be better than anyone that's around you. But like, that's the huge part that like I've had an issue with is um I work my ass off, but I also keep my ego 
fucking out of it. I, no one's better than me, and I'm not better than anybody. It's just art, you know? Like, it's tattooing. And, like, I can recognize, like, of course, like, not in the sense that, like, art-wise, no one's better than me because, holy fuck, everyone's better than me. <laughs> but, like, in the sense that, like, in an individual aspect, um, no one, you know, like, I'm not going to... You can have fucking... I don't know if you know who, like, I met Mike Chambers uh, at a tattoo festival. That recently. sounds really familiar. Really big in the traditional community. Um, uh, excellent man. And um, it was crazy because when I first started, I was just like, yeah, dude, this guy's insane. Like, I can never do this. And now I'm just pumping out shit that looks, you know, a lot of like Mike Chambers shit because he's capitalized on that beautiful standard traditional. And it's like, and that made me realize like, damn, you know, like... Even if, like, you know, like, work your ass off until you are, like, the competition with your heroes, with, with those people that you look up to. The podcast is brought to you by one of our brand new sponsors, Bucked Up Nutrition. Look, it's no secret that I love going to the gym. Fitness and nutrition is a huge part of my life. And Bucked Up has partnered up with the podcast, help support it. I cannot be more excited. This is one of my favorite P workouts. It's a high-stimulant nootropic. I'm hitting PRs today, so I cannot wait to use this. The Banff Black by Bucked Up Nutrition. They've also got, as you can see, some awesome clothing here. Um, I With my t-shirts, I personally prefer the low... Uh, short logo here. Use our promo code at checkout OKPOD20 to get 20% off of awesome clothes, supplements, all their products here to include their stacks. That's OKPOD20, another awesome stringer here for an additional discount at checkout. Um, but stay humble about it. Like there's, there, there's this, the one thing I have an issue with, with like tattooing and I'm not going to go in here and say, like, oh, I'm going to change the tattoo game because it's fucking, that's, mm. <laughs> you know, the fuck that. You know, like, there's there's things that you can do individually at your shop that you can change the tattoo game. Being respectful, taking the misogynistic aspects out of traditional, because traditional did have a lot of misogyny in it. Um, not being a fucking dickhead. Oh, we'll dig into that a little bit. Where where do you find that came from? Or like, well, what is it and why did it be so prevalent, I guess? So, like, I don't know. Was like the pinup style? Was that why? Like, Not necessarily. It's just the attitude. Like the, you know, like I'm a fucking tattoo artist. I can do whatever the fuck I want. You know, fuck women. Like degrade, <laughs> degrade, degrade. And it's like, dude, like that's such a shitty mindset to live in. Regardless. Well, is it the, 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 the tough guys have tattoos? The masculine men have tattoos? The... It's just kind of like a tattoo mentality, especially within traditional. Like, How it, much have you seen that today? Do you see that today? Still, absolutely. Uh, you have people, and like not as much as I'm sure as the fucking 50s and shit. I'm fucking sure, because even as an entirety, I mean, kind of, because like Roe versus Wade and shit, uh, you know, like we, we've gotten better with how we treat women. Um, well, cause, and the reason I just pinpoint that is up until maybe, it's, it's so fresh, but like maybe like 2015 is when like tattoos became acceptable right like maybe yeah even to a certain point where it's like well you could have sleeves but don't yeah. let it show outside of a professional suit yeah you which I mean? which it was funny because at 17 i was like fucking i'm getting my hands tattooed you know <laughs> like, like yeah. i'm still nervous to get my neck tattooed i'm still nervous to get my hands tattooed even though right. I, like i have like little pieces i want here and there maybe yeah that we discussed but like it's still so weird to me that and i think like this is a common denominator for the rest of our generation right. and obviously the younger people below us but mm -hmm. like why does a piece of ink in our skin a different color to our skin if you want to take like a real like couple levels down right 
change the way you think about me. Well, it's because it's just very strange. That goes way back to like these these tattoo artists, like you know, from the fucking forties, fifties, sixties. You know, like it was a very taboo thing. Well, it was it was associated with convicts and it, criminals and shit like that. Right, but it's right. like that is so clearly not where it's at right now but look at like you know like look at the society that we live in like a lot of shit still trickles down like racism like you know it'd be easy to be like wow like you know our fucking great great like our grandparents were fucking dumb we need to change that but you still have people that are still very much in that ignorant mindset that think it's okay to be fucking racist it's not as crazy as racism but like it's that same kind of mindset no i get what you're saying it's a trickle down thing where it's like through the generations like you're gonna have these people that think that you know just because you have tattoos you're lesser well it's a tribalism thing if you really want to break it down to like racism because even if we lived in a world where like let's say for argument's sake in a professional setting there is no racism yeah. Right. For argument's sake, in the professional world, whenever you're, you're nine to five, or whatever you do to make money, there is no racism. Okay. But when it becomes life or death, tribalism will kick in quick, Heavy. and you're only going to pro- like protect or at least stand behind those that are of your tribe. Yeah. And then whenever like you have these old heads that are like, "Well, I don't have tattoos. Tattoos are for the for the criminals, for the, for shit. Like, for yeah. the degenerates, whatever." Yeah. That's all that is. It's yeah. they are the other. It's uh, yeah, exactly, and like I said, it's very much that generational thing, and like that generation's still very much alive, and those people produce kids that thought exactly the fucking same <laughs> thing, dude. And like I go to I go to fucking Hobby Lobby to buy my buy my paintbrushes and shit. I know their security guard by fucking name now because they have him follow me every single time I go in there. And you're like, like, dude, and it's just like, I know what I look like, but like, I'm probably the most fucking wholesome person in this bitch right now. <laughs> just like, dude. dude, like, dude, I fucking, I drink my tea, I hang out with my dog, and I fucking garden, bro. Like, I don't, I don't fucking do anything much more than that, dude. Like, that's it. I play my fucking video games. I, I you know, very, very solo dolo, dude, and like. Like, you know, and they wouldn't know that because they just see like, oh, this man looks like, like he's, you know, he would still or, um, what's crazy to me about the stereotype behind that bad people, like bad people get tattoos is at the end of the day, tattoos are artistic expression. Right. And I understand that, you know, marking yourself as far as like the gang membership and gang affiliation, that's like a dedication thing. It's like, how real are you about this? You're going to make that mark on you so you don't have to Stories, tell like whatever, yeah. rival gang mm-hmm. members what, like the type of person you are. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not about that life. This is all third-hand information, Fuck, by the way. Dude, fucking I'm not documentary to watch. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm not that dude. But like, I understand that part of it. Mm-hmm. But even then, that's such a small subsect of now how popularized tattoos are. Right, yeah. And yeah. so to look at someone, even for you, for example, like, okay, this guy, you can look at it one way, but like, okay, he decided to inflict pain on himself and inject an artificial substance he's into a his fucking body. Massage, he's know, a like, degenerate yeah, piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, it's like he loves his, he loves whatever chemical makeup makes him so much yeah. that he wants you to know about it. So he's gonna put it on literally in yeah. a way where his heart on his on his sleeve. Where it's also that's what it is, yeah, right? It's well, your artistic 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 expression, expression for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but and what's even funnier than that, dude? It, it's it's crazy because like you know I get a lot of people that look at my blackout, right? They're like, oh, what does it mean? Like I have to ask, like you know, like, <laughs> I what is still that? I actually so weird thing. So we talked about that like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I got a message because someone. God bless this person for doing it because you need to find a better way to spend your time, dog. Right. But like this person decided to go through the backlogs of this podcast 
and they heard your fucking story. Beautiful. About the dude Beautiful. at Hobby Lobby. That was just like, do you hate white people? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dude, and they were like, did that really happen? I'm like, I promise you it happened. It sucked. He would not lie to me. <laughs> dude, it was just like, dude, I, it wasn't something I wanted to be in, but like, it's so, it's so, it's so funny, dude, because it's like, it's not that fucking deep, my boy. Like, I, ha- I had a shit tattoo. I had a shit fucking sleeve, and I was just like, you know what? So Black it out. You posted about that mm-hmm. like three days ago, four days ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what, because did that like this dislike or the, at least you moved your preference away from that tattoo you had, did that right. come from like your evolution of skill? Pretty much. Because I look at that old picture and I'm like, that's actually kind of neat. Right. It was but like, it was what a, didn't you like about it? So like it, prior to that, I just wasn't into traditional. I had no knowledge of traditional. And then, so what was the style that you got? What would you classify that as? Oh fuck, dude! I don't even know what that was. Um, like, there's a comment on there that says like, "What is it?" And I and I literally said, "I have no idea," <laughs> because I don't fucking know. But it was more like it was more like very close to realism, and okay. cool. Like realism's tight, illustrative, super. I'm a huge fan of illustrative. I fucking beautiful. But I fell in love with traditional bold lines. It's on a, it's a fucking sticker on your skin that's gonna last till you're fucking dead, dude. Like it's a beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, um, type of tattooing style. And um, I fell in love with it. And you know, like I was, I was uh, hanging out at Inksmith and Rogers in Florida, and like I was just, you know, like I, I just fell in love with it. And then I was, I would look at my left arm and be like, dear God, what have I done? <laughs> So then I was just like, you know, and then I, 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 and back then it was even less common to have a blackout. So I was just like, you know what, this is kind of cool, black it up. And we did, we started the process and like now it's been two years that it's been completely finished. Um, so why, why the choice to leave the rose? Uh, poor choice on my part. Absolutely. I, I'm going to black that out very soon. I was just like, I thought I thought, I thought, thought it would look cool. I dig it. I thought it would look cool, but then now I have this beautiful little peony by my buddy Kane that he executed beautifully. And now it's just offset and it You're, stresses me out. Uh, God, I forget what it's called. I should know. King's Bailet. The King's Bailet. Mm. Yeah. That's my the, boy, Tony. The placement Be- of that is fantastic. Dude, and that's, and that's what I was talking about. Like, it's that dedication and time to understand, like, what would go there. And what would go there? It's perfectly. It's perfect. Like, yeah. It makes no sense in conjunction with everything else. Right. But as an image, it looks perfect. Cool. Right. Yeah. I gotta say though, we uh, her and I, because we're fucking masochists, I guess. We we only rewatched the second chapter on Netflix what? of the oh Berserk. Cause, no, because like I I was I just gotten done reading like of the, the hardbacks. Reading, yeah. like, I think the sixth one, and I was like, hey, I'm just on a Berserk kick right now. Do you want to watch the second one and just watch the insanity happen? And she's like, yeah, let's do that. So we sat down and we watched it. Trauma. And, and like because like the first time I watched that was during the pandemic. Right. So I, and I had no idea what Berserk was. Like I had just finished Dark Souls three. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm new okay. to this. Really? Oh yeah, I only found out about Berserk from the pandemic, dude. Because of her. Dog. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, I've been I've been rewatching the third one for like a good couple years now. And like that, you wouldn't talk about masochists, dude. Motherfucker. Yeah. That third one hurts. So, because yeah. I, I just finished Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember watching all three of those movies. The Golden Arc. The Golden yeah. Arc. Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God, that was, that was horrible. That was a fucking lot. That yeah, was, dude. That was like emotionally traumatic. The first two movies are just like sick, sick night shit. And the third one, you're just like, oh my God. But now whenever I watch the second one, except for like the obvious parts, I just, I can't find myself not laughing for some reason. Right. Like, especially when like the, the, the gods come down and the big fat guys just like, 
Yeah. I just laugh my ass off. Right, because it's kind of terrifying, and then it's also kind of like... Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's so insane. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, that's why, like, you know, like, I also have, like, the brand of sacrifice behind my ear. And, yeah. um, you know, like, it's so funny because I never, I never thought I'd be the type of guy to get, like, weeb fucking tattoos. And here I am, just <laughs> the biggest weeb now. But um, it, it's it's cool because, like, you know, like, I liked both sides of it. Obviously, not the obvious parts of that yeah. Griffith does. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, that, that idea and, like, that tied a lot into tattooing, which is why I fucking wanted to tattoo the King's Bailet, was he would stop at nothing to get what he wanted yeah nothing which is which is mind-blowing considering like even if you he was didn't, fucking happy dude yeah. like you should have been happy bro yeah but, even if you didn't read the the books like right. it, the, the story they set up is like he's kind of chilling he's got like the greatest army it's not very big but, he like, fucked the a king's daughter i mean that's yeah. which got weird but well, at the same time but like he gets he gets anything he wants whoever right. he wants he's a good little band yeah and it's they're chilling and yeah. his right hand man is like the, the coolest th- fucking guy ever dude yeah yeah, yeah. so no, it is the the heel turn mm-hmm. is shocking, heavy. Yeah, shocking. And How do you feel about the way they're continuing it? Oh, I'm fucking horny about that. Are shit, you dude. sure though? Because listen, listen. He, you know, rest in peace, my boy. But at the same time, like he had an apprentice for a reason. He had an apprentice for a reason. His wife. But made... no, but according to the apprentice, nothing is written down. Right, right. But they have years and years and years of them shooting IDs off each other. Nothing's written down, but they still have notes, you know, like of, of um, generalized ideas. Right. Um, and the way they ended it, re- like when he passed away, it just, it didn't, there were so many plot holes left. And we didn't even, you know, like. Well, because it was an unintentional, which is, right. which is, you know, Death. fair. Yeah. But yeah. like him, like, you know, Griffith comes back, you know, there's that, that part. And like, I don't know if you got to that part in the movie. No, yet. I'm still on like book seven. There's a lot of weird shit that goes on that you never get an explanation for. So like, even if they're continuing it, I don't think that it's going to be such a long continuation. I think they're just going to cap it like in things properly. I hope so. And I'd be happy with that. I'd be cool yeah. with that. Um, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of empty things going on there, so like I'm I'm cool with it, um, especially since we're getting a fucking new anime about it, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so they're gonna make the anime too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. yeah, because uh, they had that really shitty one that's on Amazon right now and the fucking terror. Oh, the the CGI. Oh, dude, I tried watching it and I got like twelve episodes in. I was Dog, just like, better this man is than not... me. I went to the two episodes and was like, no. Nah. <laughs> I can't do this shit. Because yeah. I, because I'm not as into anime or manga as you are. Right. So I can kind of let a few things slide. Not me. But like, mm. even it just the biggest sin it that it committed choice. Yeah. was it was boring. Yeah, it was fucking and, and you know see, even like because I had to trudge through the like the fairy tale thing in yeah. the berserk books. Yeah. But at least it was broken up by some good uh, dialogue from guts. Yeah. You're still in the mystery about Casca. And then right. there's just some fucking violence going on. Always. So that kind of kept it going. And just those books read quick. Fucking easy. Quick. Yeah. But yeah, just the biggest sin that thing committed was... It, it was, was boring. boring. Yeah. Exceedingly boring. Yeah, dude. Um, but I, I fucking... I, I'm, I'm excited for them to, to finish it at least. And um, the manga is... You know, like it's beautiful. It's yeah. fun. It's easy to read. Um and like you know i clutched so hard onto berserk when i first found it because it's just like guts it's just there's no he's a struggler he just struggles his life sucks his life fucking sucks his dude life from point sucks. a to point b you know any usual anime is like you know the main character their life was either good and then it went to shit you know or like 
and then they make it better again. Or... Even Naruto became the Hokage, man. Fucking bitch. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, Guts is out here fucking, like, dude, every day is a new day to get fucked on by God. <laughs> you know? Like, and, like, that's, and that's, and I, I thought I loved that. Because that that really represents, you know, like, kind of, like, what everyone's going through right now. It's just, like, every day is a new day to get fucked on. And there's always something new. And But, like, he still goes. He doesn't fucking quit. He doesn't kill himself. He He's going. He's, you know, he, he realizes, fuck, this, this life is heavy. It sucks. The love of my life is gone mentally. Um, my best friend betrayed me. Uh, everyone that I seem to have an encounter with dies. You know, like, it's just heavy shit from point A to point B. He is the struggler. But he keeps fucking going. And what's crazy to me, because that sounds like such a tired and very, like, worn out yeah. story arc or, like, right. trope of the guy who just keeps getting screwed over, but he keeps going. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But they've, that's my one worry about them continuing it without the original creator is they did it so where do we get... Even at the... I feel like, because what I've heard is the fairy tale stuff is the lowest point. Yeah. And even then, it doesn't get completely uninteresting. Yeah, because you have like a lot of like even at the boring parts. Go bring the book closer. Even at the boring parts, you have very interesting lore that's going on around that, and um, just like like you said, the dialogue within that that you're just like, okay, I'm gonna pinpoint that because it's probably gonna come into play at another point. Right, 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 right. Um, so they they do a beautiful. He did a beautiful job doing that, but um, I, that's why like I really I really don't think they're gonna continue it for crazy long because like there's not to, like just tie up the shit that needs to be tied up. And it's fucking beautiful. I mean, that's a long-ass story, but then it's fucking great. You have so much... And if you want to make an anime out of that, that's fucking... That is um, One Piece-type shit. Like, you have so much to go on. You have so much to go off of, different branches off of. And, like, you know, I um, I really hope they just, like, cap it off when they tie up their shit. So, funny you bring up One Piece. Why is it that for whatever reason... Yeah. They whether it's American or mm-hmm. Japanese, mm-hmm. why can't they do a live action adaption of an anime or a manga? Why does it always fail? I mean, look at the look at the everything and and you know like what got me into anime was the unrealistic aspect. And so you tr- when you try to mix realistic with unrealistic, it doesn't go well. Especially fucking Netflix is doing it. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Netflix has some cool shit. Not, not anymore. But like, I'm going to be real. Right. Outside of Stranger Things, They've, they're what falling original the content, that's why they're losing 2 million subscribers plus every quarter. Right, absolutely. Is they suck dick. And even, <laughs> even the new Russo Brothers movie apparently wasn't that good. Yeah. You're telling me that the dudes who put out Avengers Infinity War and Endgame yeah. couldn't make a good Netflix movie? Yeah. And it's going obsolete for sure, dude. I um it's just that same thing. They're they're fucking Death Note. Terrible. Oh, I couldn't finish it. Had fucking William Defoe, one of the man yeah. that like dude like I would fucking I would kill to meet that man. Yeah. Terrible fucking movie. And it's because like it's it's the lack of respect for actual material and I feel like and like I said like when you try to pull off like the unrealistic with the realistic, it just doesn't translate well. I mean, Luffy in One Piece, the motherfucker stretches like crazy. Like I can't imagine like what that would look like in in a live action and make well, it apparently look good. It would look like uh, John Krasinski in Multiverse of Madness. Oh, That's what it looks. God, like. dude. Yeah, what? getting butchered and long, yeah. dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I I don't 
but I just don't understand like how y- you bring up Death Note, and I'm I'm reading Death Note right now. I'm not very far into it. I wasn't um, too much of a fan. But so. I, it's okay so far. I, yeah. I like it's a slow pace. It's I, fun. I, yeah. I like the first couple of chapters, but even because like I got the uh, that first volume of the Black Collection. Okay. So I'm yeah. about three quarters away through that, and me and her were actually talking about it, and I was like, this is getting really repetitive. It it's is. they almost catch him, but then something happens. And yeah. They almost yeah. and then something happens. But like there's at least so far there's nothing incredibly unrealistic that's going on because I agree with you the majority of manga or anime is so fucking bombastic yeah. that you need to animate it or you need to draw it out because of how insane that the is the movement the fucking the 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 story arcs the gore the everything about you know because like like I said when I got into it my very first anime I had ever watched was Parasite the Maximum and you know before then I would watch like documentaries and like netflix true crime shit um like mindhunter was my shit i loved oh, that fucking dude. beautiful show travesty that thing ended yeah yeah travesty. absolutely but you I, you know i was watching like that type of shit and i was like i was bored especially when i'm, I'm painting for 10 plus hours at a time like you know five plus hours whatever um i need something to keep my attention and I watched uh, Parasite the Maximum, and I was just like, oh my god, okay, so there's fucking decapitations, there's a crazy storyline, like, it's, the the character progression, um, it it was fun, it was, it was unrealistic, it was something that I was like, I couldn't get enough of, so, like, and I think it's just a money fucking grab when, like, you have companies like Netflix that are just like, we're gonna make a live action out of this, and it's like, don't, just don't, just make a fucking animated movie or some shit, dude, I don't know, like, dude. Because well, specifically with Death Note too, I'm sure you heard about this. The Duffer Brothers are making a fucking series about it. Like when they're done with Stranger Things, which is crazy to me because they're still doing one more season. So, and we're not getting it until 2024, which means realistically we're not getting Death Note until 2026, right. right? So four years from now. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Cool. Why? Like, why would they? Because the way I see it is, why would they go from what's as long as they stick the landing? Well, I haven't finished season four yet. But as long as they stick the landing in season five, mm-hmm. they will have one of the greatest mm-hmm. TV shows. It'll be up there to Breaking Bad, like in The Sopranos, Balance, and Baby, the, and the Wire. Terrible to equalize something great. Apparently, <laughs> because how are they going to make one of the greatest shows? Period. Yeah, and right. then turn out trash. Like I would love to know. I guess we'll find out. It's a big fucking risk, like, dude. What, and, like, what made them sign up to, for it? Hats off for them to be like, you know, like tight. We're gonna do. We're gonna do something kind of like you know everything else prior to this has failed. Um, I'm still probably gonna watch it, you know, and like I'm still probably gonna. I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. It's like a morbid curiosity. It's like like when you see a fucking dead something on the road, you're like, I kind of want to look at it. <laughs> it's it's literally like that, and and I I kind of you know like I really I don't I don't have high hopes for shit anymore. Like, you know, and like maybe this is just us growing the fuck up and just realizing that like our childhood shit's just it's whatever. It's just cool to see now. I um, get legitimate. We were talking about this, we kind of referenced a little earlier. I get legitimately sad when i see Dr. gameplay footage terrible. of really i fucking hated that shit. so i'll finish my statement then we'll get into that okay i get legitimately sad when i see like old footage of like black ops 2 zombies mm. black ops 1 it's last like, time i was happy brother yeah it's like fuck like, right we really we really had it it's because and we had no idea how good things were at that time and it's because it's the generational difference dude like you you the gen it's the doesn't pertain to us anymore. Well, because I heard, I forget who the fuck commented this in a page that I'm, or a group that I'm a part of on Facebook. But, or maybe it was like a review or something that I was reading or listening to. Mm-hmm. And somebody was talking about 
um, just the the gen- generality of Phase Four of the MCU. Right. And they're like, I really miss when the MCU had to try, and was serious. Yeah, when they sure. like when they really tried about putting yeah. out good content, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about that, and like that's pretty much every major IP right now. Right. They know how much money they can make, so it's like if we just slap the name on it, and fucking people can see that. And it's so shit. accessible, they're just going to buy it. Which ties back into the whole fucking you know like Death Note thing. They know it's gonna have an audience, so they know they're gonna get something back. Which is crazy mm-hmm. to me. Even with like, as it's such a, you bring up risk. That's such a risk to take when you're losing millions of subscribers right. every quarter. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, in the last fiscal like, year, we lost a... 2 million. No, every quarter, bro. It's like... Uh, and it's growing. How much are you going to just beat that dead fucking horse, dude? Like, just put out the shit that you were putting out. Like, you know, Netflix did do a lot of cool shit. They put they put out that Stephen King movie, 19-something, that was fucking cool. I loved it. Um, they had, like, they have some anime that were great, like Bastard. It's pretty much just hentai, but it's fucking cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot, dude. But it's, it's, it's fucking fun. Um, but it's, it's literally, it ties back into like putting a name on it. Yeah. How much money are we going to get out of this? No, it's, it's sad. And like, we were, God, yeah, we were flipping through Netflix trying to find something to watch. And like there, it's crazy. Cause it's like, it's like, okay, it's good to see that Netflix is giving creators opportunities. And like, that right. seems to be the place. Like if you have an idea that is worth at least a million dollars, they're just capitalizing on love, death and robots at this point. Like that's the main thing that that's the only reason why I have that. Bitch we right just now. started watching that and it is second season's fucking trash. It but is first and third dude. Beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy. How good, how well made that is. Like we, the last one we were very early right. in it, but the last one we watched was the one where they have like the kaijus fighting and they have like the mind connection into the kaijus, but then the twist at the end was the kaiju was the one having the mind. You're control. on the first fucking episode. No, that's like episode four of the first no, season. No, that's like the first episode. No, the first episode. That's that's Sonny's revenge. Yeah, the first episode is well. To be fair, apparently they changed the lineup on Netflix. I was, Probably. I, I looked that up. Honestly, I haven't it's, seen it since it fucking came yeah, out. Yeah, they honestly. they changed the lineup. The lineup on Netflix is different than the lineup on Wikipedia. Okay. So yeah, be, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. four episodes into it, and it's honestly crazy how well fucking sick, dude. That like they they, they they executed it fucking sick, and I think like that's the shit that they just need to stick to and capitalize on that. And like the their third season it was exactly that. They capitalized on yeah. the stories that people like loved, and they brought it back for a second time. I was like, fuck, I want more. I fucking want more. And it's like they don't produce enough of that anymore because they used to. Well, because it's weird. Like I would, I love the fact that one of the biggest streaming services that we have is open to giving like new creators opportunities to make these low budget movies, low budget yeah. TV shows. Because if you flip mm-hmm. through this shit, more than half of it by far is a Netflix original, which right. is great. Good yeah. job. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's how, how much of it do you put out until it's oversaturation? Right. Right. Yeah. And cause like we find ourselves just watching the same thing over and over and over again because we just trust it. We Berserk. don't want to, cause like time, yeah, cause yeah. time is so precious, especially today. Right. We don't want to yeah. waste our time. Like we've been going to the movies, man. We try to go once a week. And we've been going to the movies and up until recently, just watching fucking doozies, man. Like we went and we watched men. The new A twenty four movie. Did you right. watch that? No, I. But I, I, I watched the trailer and I was just like, I'm good. Well, we were interested in it because it's a, we trusted A twenty four and we trusted Alex Garland, who's okay. made great movies. Okay, right, right. I'll, great I'll movies that, for sure. And it wasn't like it was 
interesting, mm-hmm. but like the execution was weird. It's a lot smarter than it thought it was. I feel like people, and like that's the thing is like people are trying to just be so much more than they need to. Like, yes. you know, like they, they, they overestimate the audience. Like, we're fucking dumb. Dude. Like, you should watch it if it ever goes like on streaming or right. something probably, like that. Just because, like, it's will. just for like the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes alone is mm-hmm. so fucking weird. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but it's so yeah. fucking no, probably, I'll probably, weird. Like, did yeah. you watch Annihilation? Uh, no. With uh, Natalie Portman? No. That's a great one. That's okay. a legitimate. And the book is great, too. Okay. Um, I've yet to finish the trilogy, but like that whole book, it, the, the first book is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they go to a place where they're like these scientists that get sent to an area where this um, this thing showed up, and it's altering the environment by its energy. It's very like, um, like um, esoteric, like a Lovecraftian kind of thing, which I'm here for. Yeah, Absolutely. and it like yeah. it's it's altering the universe, like the environment around it. It's like you have like this thing where it's a bear mixed with a crocodile attacks them. Tight. It's it's neat, but like the the last like act, there's no real like action sequences. There's a little bit here and there, but like the yeah. last action sequence is about 20 minutes long, and there's no dialogue. Tight. It's Natalie Portman fighting like cosmic energy. Sick. It's it's legit, okay. and it's something. And so the ending of Men is on that weird level, but it's totally different. Okay, it's but like the movie itself again, like it was a lot. It thought it was way smarter than it really was. Right, and then we turned around and we watched um, the new Cronenberg movie, Crimes of the Future. Yeah, dog shit. Dog shit. Did you watch that? I watched that. Dog shit. Dog shit. Dog Dude, shit. Absolutely. When I but like I look at these like fucking critics and these like. Film festivals, sixty-seven percent on fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Suck my dick, dude. Yeah, why? Yeah, right. It was so like it was boring. Again, yeah, Yeah. boring. I'm okay with slow burn. I'm okay with dialogue. Yeah, but boring. Yeah, and nothing happened. It's because everyone's riding that same wave. That you know, I don't know what movie started it, but there's probably a movie that like you know someone reacted great to, and they. It's probably a Kubrick movie. Yeah, it was probably two thousand and one. If you if you had to like make a quick assumption, probably two thousand and one. Yeah, and they've been fucking riding that wave since, bro. And yeah, like that's that's the whole thing is is you know try something new, try something better. Um, you know, like the fact that we're even getting a new Avatar. Don't. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, bro? <laughs> I forgot all about that. I'm I'm all for the I fucking blue people, but at the that. same time, it's just like leave it alone. Like it was well, that cool Avatar sequel has been in development for the better part of ten. The years. The man has so many lined up, and I'm like, why? Like I'm seven. not even. I'm gonna die before I even see the last one, dude. So I can give a well, fuck. You know what's funny to me though is, no matter what they do with that franchise, it's Disney winning every yeah. time because Disney owns Avatar now. The fucking monopoly, bro. Right. They. Well, fucking... It's funny when they bought fox and they did that merger yeah they tried to buy fox sports because they're like well, fuck, fuck the news media but we want fox sports under the, under the disney banner yeah and they they uh they got taken to court and the court like the supreme court of fucking whatever yeah they were they ruled that if because because at that point disney had owned so much if they buy fox sports it is now an illegal monopoly because of yeah. how much like disney cannot buy any more properties anymore just buy Spider-Man and call it a day, it's, dude. They can't. They legally can't, which yeah. is insane to me. Um. So yeah, that like the Cronenberg movie sucked. 
we thought Doctor Strange was fine. I thought the Illuminati sequence was horrible. Dude, that entire movie was just fucking like. Don't get me wrong. I love me some Evil Dead. Evil Dead, the, even the remake, fucking beautiful. Oh, that remake was legit. Mm, give it me was, more of that. It was but, legit. like at the same time, it's just like I feel like that entire movie was because like I'm a huge horror. Ad, like you know, like I, I love it. I love that genre. It's just a major callback to hit all of his fucking prior movies. Fuck, dude. Even the scene where Doctor Strange is walking down the street. Like, dude, that gave me such Spider-Man 3 vibes when fucking Peter Parker's doing his stupid little dance and shit. Like, it was it was cool. <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like it wasn't Doctor fucking Strange. It was Doctor Strange and Friends. It was like it was like it was fucking Boba Fett. Like, you know, Boba Fett. And I was just like, cool, cool, cool. Like, you know, we're going to see a show about Boba Fett. But it was like fucking he was pulling a goddamn Dom. Like, uh... This is family. Like, I'm building a family. And then it's just like, dude, fuck out of here with that shit. We never even got to see him really fight too much. It was Boba Fett and friends, and then fucking Mando came in and stole the fucking show. You see, I just heard about the Mandalorian stuff. I never even finished Boba Fett. Because it, it wasn't enticing, bro. It was, it was, and it's very much like that. I feel like we're in this part, like, fuck, fuck, like, whatever they're doing with Phase 4. I don't fucking know. Because it just seems like a lot of individual shit. Like, fuck, dude, like, Thor. I actually loved Thor. Thor was fucking great. Yeah, but, but it was funny because, like, you know, Eternals, right? They, they, they talk about, like, anything that was godlike aspect, like, came from these Eternals. It was, it was like, you know, the humans came, like, you know, uh, uh, got their ideas of, like, a god uh, through what the Eternals were doing. And then you have fucking Thor, which is like every god is fucking real. So it's like, right. so it's like, what what are you guys fucking doing here? Well, that's a problem because if you look at Phase One through Three, right, what made it so great, apart from like the creators themselves and the actors and so on and so forth, it was Kevin Feige yeah. had so much creative control. Yeah, like he has so yeah. much well, not even creative control, but he had a lot of um, quality assurance going on. Yeah, like he had his fingerprints over everything because he had fifteen years of practice doing right. every other Marvel project. Right. Whether it was like the Fox stuff or the Sony stuff, his name, it's so weird rewatching stuff like the Spider Man movies or mm-hmm. watching the later X Men movies or even stuff like um, Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. His name is all On over everything. all those movies because he yeah. was just practicing. Right, yeah. So, phase one through three. He is able to really figure out what's going on. That's why we only got like two or three movies a year, which is still insane yeah. when you think about it. That he's working on all of that. But now, when you interface four in a, po- especially in a post-COVID world where they've got to pump all this shit out because they're making up for lost time, right? Right. Yeah. So they're pumping out all this content, and on top of that, they're driving a brand new car. Yeah. They have no idea what to do with Disney Plus. They have absolutely no idea. If you were to take, for, for instance, Hawkeye yeah. or Moon Knight, yeah. mm. there is a solid three-hour movie in both of those shows. Just fucking give it to There's us. There's a beautiful three-hour movie in both of those shows, but for whatever reason, they didn't have enough faith in it because they didn't know if they could make... Like I feel like if they had opened Phase 4... With like let Black Widow happen, that was a fucking garbage fire. But like let that happen. But then right after Black Widow, Spider Man. Yeah. If they had come out and pumped out Spider Man, made right. their billion dollars before they even touched a Disney Plus, right? They would have been like, all right, we need to reassess what we're doing with these properties because we can make money at the box office now. Well, and, well, and it's like yes, because like absolutely, um, Hawkeye was probably one of the better ones, um, but Loki was done beautifully and but that needed six hours yeah and i was okay with that because there was so much shit that you that you were able to dive into and like some of it just didn't need to be happened like like um you know like hawkeye was cool but there's a lot of it that you're just like i don't give a fuck about this yeah there's a lot Um, of i felt like it was a lot of backtracking and mm -hmm. it was a lot of like 
we didn't give Hawkeye his due in the first couple phases, so right. we're going to make and up for that here. That shit, so right, like Age of Ultron. Right. For all of its faults, it did a lot for Hawkeye. Which I love, dude. Age of Ultron's got to be one of my favorites. Be- I prefer... I hate, okay, I'm glad you said that, because this is not an opinion I express very much. Mm-hmm. I prefer Age of Ultron over the first Avengers. Absolutely. If you watch the first Avengers, like, look, man, I remember being fucking 14 and watching that in the theaters. That was a great time. Right. But, dude, if watching it now, I would not put that in the top 10 of the MCU. It is like, yeah. the first 20 minutes when they're like finding the scepter and all that is right. so bad. I know. It is so I bad. And, and, that, then, and then, look, I'm obviously biased towards the DC and the Zack Snyder stuff. I'm obviously biased. Come on, bro. We're on the same so team like, when it comes to that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. like, any Joss Whedon product, I'm very quick to say, go fuck yourself. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Except for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's that's one that I'm... I've seen bits and pieces of that. That was something I grew up with. So, yeah. it was just, like, tight. But yeah. other than that, you know, get fucked. But my point is, is, like, they don't know what they're doing with Disney Plus yet. Right. They're kind of throwing their sideshow products to that. And if I wish that, like, so for instance, did you watch Moon Knight? Yeah. Okay. I I remember watching, because we would watch that every week. Yeah. When the fifth episode ended, when mm-hmm. he was dead and it was in, like, the great plains of, like, whatever their version of the afterlife was. I forget what it's called. But that was, like, the end of Moon Knight. I wish it ended right there. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, like, Moon Knight doesn't need to play with the Avengers. Moon Knight doesn't need to be a uh, Midnight Sun or whatever the fuck they're gonna do. That's the thing is that Moon Knight was never meant to be like that. Right. He, he was. He was. It was like the the horror aspect. Well, for the longest like time, Wolfman and shit. Yeah, they know? were. Mar- that was Marvel's aspect. Well, I guess technically they just fucking three of them. Yeah. Like that was Marvel's answer to Batman. Right. But they just made it way weirder. Dude, and I loved the idea of Moon Knight, and like you know, I think the they they had a solid foundation at first but it just it seemed like there was something missing and i think it's just that disney plus aspect bro like it's you know we even kind of saw it a little bit in obi-wan like you know me dude like i fucking love obi-wan i hated that show obi-wan kenobi everything for me and i didn't really truly enjoy i i liked bits and pieces and i didn't truly enjoy it until the end because that fight sequence with Darth and Vader. And none of that hit the way it should have. And it, Well, it hit... It, I mean, that's where I have to disagree. Because the motherfucker, when he comes back with the rocks and he's just like, fuck you, Vader. And then when Vader yeah. is talking between... And it's distorting between Vader's voice and Anakin's voice. See? I love that uh, idea. I love that idea. Uh, so much. And then, dude, and it makes so much sense. Because he's like, he's like, you know, like, you didn't kill Anakin. I killed Anakin. And when he... When, in A New Hope. When he's, right, right, right. When he's yeah. like, you know, Vader killed your father. Right there, you fucking go. Right, and that's great. Like yeah. I love that they made that like after after the fact callback, right. which that's yeah. awesome. But that came after five and a half episodes of I don't give a shit, which I was kind of down for. It was nice to see. It was nice to see an Obi Wan that was defeated. That was that was, and that's fine. But yeah. everything surrounding Ewan McGregor yeah. was terrible. He okay, made, and I'm he sorry, made, like, he made that show. Like you for love sure. you love Star Wars way more than I ever could. Right, but. <laughs> But what the fuck is going on when Obi-Wan Kenobi is hitting a stormtrooper with a lightsaber and it bounces off of them? Listen. What the fuck is happening when Reva gets stabbed with a lightsaber and, and then survives? Twice. And then, honestly, like, I knew that Qui-Gon was going to come. Right. The moment that he's, like, calling to him, <laughs> obviously he's going to show up. But, like, what is this where he's like... Yeah, you just couldn't see me, bitch. <laughs> and then he walks away. He's walking with them. Okay, so where? So, but if you want to connect it to the back to the original trilogy, and right, there is no Qui Gon even mentioned. 
And I get that they made that before they even had the opportunity to like really right. think about this. I understand yeah. that. Yeah. But if we're going to those minute details, we're like, again, Vader killed your father. That's one line in a two-hour movie. Right. You know, so if you're going to show that much detail, like consistency. So like the whole lightsaber thing made me fucking giggle, bro. Because I, that, that goes, that's Disney buying fucking Star Wars. Like, you know, yes. Star Wars has always been kind of like that kid-like shit for sure. It's always pertained to a younger audience um, or just like a nerdy audience. And I'm, I'm fucking here for that. But at the same time, like, if, um, look at Clone Wars, the one that we grew up with. Right. Um, they did the lightsaber beautifully. Mm-hmm. But then look at the games like Fallen Order. Uh, that shit's a fucking baseball bat. It's a baton. It's not a fucking lightsaber, dude. You're fucking bink, bink. Like, and then they're not yeah. fucking dead. And you're just like, this is a lightsaber. Yeah. And um, I think that's very much just Disney being Disney because it's like they want to be able to pertain to multiple, uh, like, age groups, which... And that's fine. Fine. But... But don't change the fucking lightsaber. Right. Well, yeah. And your, your demographic, because even if you're... I, I, you can't really say this without really, like, being blasphemous, but, like, even if you're not talking it's about, like... <laughs> if you're not even talking about the, the teenagers that grew up in the original trilogy. Right. Like, our generation grew up on the, sequ- on the prequels. prequels. The prequels. Yeah. So, those people who grew up on episodes one, two, and three, who yeah. really make up the most of your demographic now... Right. We grew up. Mm-hmm. We're not Children 9, 10, anymore. 11 anymore. Like, we yeah. want this more mature stuff. And then for the people our age, because people, our friends now are starting to have kids. Right. So those kids, when they start becoming four, five, six years old, you can show them fucking um, Force, uh, not Force Awakens, oh my God, New Hope. Yeah. You can show them New Hope just fine. You can show them some of the more, like, kid-friendly animations right. just fine. And when they grow up, they will have all this other content. That they could get into. But, like, it's, it's weird to me where they balance, like, they tried to and they failed. It was, like, yeah. a very serious tone with what's going on in Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, it's, I don't care about the characters. And then, because the problem, the inherent problem with doing prequels is you know what happens to these characters, especially with Obi-Wan, especially with Leia. Like, mm-hmm. you know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. anytime they're in a chase sequence, anytime that they're doing this, that, and the other, they're not going to die. Right. But so that adds an... That adds a, um, a a burden to the creators, and they drop the ball hard. Which I ties back into like you know like with Obi Wan specifically. I loved the aspect of like seeing we got to see a side of Obi Wan we never got to see before that defeated even fucking nihilistic Obi Wan, where it's like that Jedi comes up to him and he's like, "Help me, Obi Wan." He's like, "Fuck you, go bury your lightsaber." And then we see him like hanged in the t- in the in the city. I fucking love that. Um, I loved I loved the fact that we got to see something different. So I I, I agree with you. Like, that is interesting, but they didn't but the, make it interesting. Right. It was just, okay, so here's a great example. I think like a great comparison. So you have the main character who's nihilistic, going against their instinct of like, Helping, yes, I want to yeah. influence or protect something that I love, mm-hmm. but because of what I think is the right thing to do, I'm gonna do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what they did in Obi Wan. Right. Look at uh, Butcher. From the boys. Have you seen season three? Absolutely. Okay. Fucking So he opens up the season three with rejecting Ryan. Right? Yeah. For anyone listening, uh, Ryan is basically the son of Homelander who's the evil Superman. And he rejects who was like, who he made, who's a kid of Butcher's fucking wife and all this shit here at the show, whatever. Yeah. So they, uh, they open the show with Butcher 
telling this kid to fuck off, stay yeah. away from him. I'm mm-hmm. not good news. You need to be away from me. And he hurts him. Yeah. And after they had ended season two fuck. with Ryan choosing Butcher over Homelander, his biological father, because that was the right way to go. Nice. Yeah. And Butcher thinks that he's going to be with this fucking government lady. He's going to be safe, whatever. But so we're seeing this like more nihilistic side of Butcher while he's already an asshole. Uh, Yeah. But what happens already after a just absolutely absurd season, Mm -hmm. like absurdly great season, Mm -hmm. episode eight, he pays for that decision because Ryan chooses Homelander. Especially the fucking zap. Yeah. When he smiles. Exactly. Like that's how you, that's how you make something like that interesting. Like, and then even like, again, because I'm fucking biased. (laughs) If you look at the way that... Because people, for whatever... Now, they're starting to change because they didn't know what they had when they had it, you fucking assholes. Yeah. People thought that Henry Cavill sucked as Superman because he was too dark. He was too sad or mopey or whatever. Well, it's like, no. The angle... Because I think the creator and the writers, Mm -hmm. Snyder and Terrio and all them, and Mm -hmm. even Christopher Nolan, because he produced Man of Steel and Snyder Cut. Right. Which a lot of people don't know. Um... When they looked at Superman, it was, well, people associate Superman with truth, justice, the American way. He's happy. But there's a point to it, where he got there. Right. But yeah. he's also like the Christopher Reeve. Always happy, always smiling. But it's like, right. well, no. What if someone who's the la- literal last of their race yeah. got sent to Earth. And they everyone were, fucking hates him. And they, ra- they were raised by, that's the dichotomy. They were raised by the perfect parents. Mm-hmm. But then everyone outside of the farm mm-hmm. doesn't like them for whatever reason. Right. Doesn't like them without knowing that he has fucking heat vision. That he's fucking. What does sick. that person yeah. look like? The person that doesn't fit in. The person that doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't know. Or he doesn't know how to be. And truly Henry human. portrayed that fucking sick. You know, like that's. It still, was great. That's still my favorite DC movie to date. Oh dude. yeah, and and there's no reason I could argue against that because it's so fantastic. Mm, fucking great. And yeah. then, so to have that version of like deconstructing a character, right. that's fantastic the same way like they did with uh ben affleck what i liked about his batman because look i'll stand by it yeah batman doesn't kill yeah batman does not use guns batman does not kill so if you change that he's like he's using fucking gatling guns on his bat on his his batmobile Batmobile, like i understand why people don't like that like as a face value i understand that i was fucking here for it dude. but like but my point of view was like okay but why is he doing that Mm -hmm. show me a good reason why he's doing and they did that Mm -hmm. if it was just like I was prepared to like hate that version of Batman if yeah. he had actually skewered Superman. Right. If he had actually like, followed through, killed Superman, moved on, then yeah, that's not Batman anymore. That's, that's the Punisher. Yeah. Like exactly. that's not really that character. But no, he was Fucking redeemed from that. Writer. And then we have yeah, exactly. Then we mm-hmm. have all of what should have came. But yeah. they tried to do that as a character study with Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and because everything surrounding Ewan McGregor was not great and then if you look at their marketing right their marketing for that movie was what it was 50 percent ewan mcgregor 50 percent mm-hmm. hayden christensen mm-hmm. where the fuck was hayden christensen right. he wasn't in that show and mm-hmm. then i remember watching or not watching i saw a behind the scenes photo where they had one stunt double of darth vader that yeah. would do the action and the one stunt double of or stand-in of darth vader that would do the walking so it's like what the fuck is hayden christensen doing and they got James Earl Jones to do the voice. voice. Yeah. So they only got Hayden Christensen to do the one flashback to where they're training on a green screen. And he looks like he's 40. Yeah, he looks... Like, why not just do it from the third episode? Right. And then he doesn't... And then they have the one scene, the the climactic scene, where it's the half helmet. That was... I mean, for me, dude... Like, they abused Hayden Christensen for marketing. 
Yeah, and, and for me, dude, like, it, that was, like, that scene where it's just, like, 50-50, and, like, he, you can hear Hayden Christian's voice, like, that was enough for me. But because it was, like, I'm such a huge Episode 3 fan, dude, I'm such a huge Obi-Wan fan, uh, Clone Wars, uh, fuck, Star Wars Battlefront, I still play that bitch, because I just like to play fucking, so good. So good. just because I like to play Obi-Wan. And, and that's that thing, dude, it's just, like, you know, I feel like it was just mainly... So, uh, so not to give away my position or anything, like where we film this out of, but I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. And, and uh, this studio is downtown. Should we go check that out really quick? No. I just saw your girlfriend walk to the front. So I live downtown, and uh, on our previous episode with Aaron, um, we talked about the drug problem. And there are a lot of druggy homeless people, unfortunately, where I live. And every so often, there will be a cameo appearance either in the podcast or just, you know, my life. And uh, every so often, we will have these probably methed out individuals right. screaming and yelling at each other outside the house. And oh my God, this means a great story. So I say to, I, as most nights I do, I stayed up very late working mm -hmm. on this podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, she's already asleep. Mm -hmm. I go to bed. I'm I'm literally about to like pull my blanket over me. I'm like that, you know that sweet that sweet relief Release. where like oh. you lay down and You're it's like, the like fuck. it lasts maybe yeah. five minutes. Right. It's like oh my god, comfort that you wake up and do it again. Yeah, I was about to get into that, and then I just I don't hear words. I just hear <gasps> from outside of my door, and I'm like. This it so I grab my fucking gun yeah. and I'm like okay and I look outside obviously I can't fucking see anything because they fucking scampered off probably yeah. but I'm like what the fuck yeah why is this my life dude not I mean tying back into tattoo artist shit <laughs> fucking Christ dude the shit that we get at the shop the things that I have seen that I'm just so desensitized to because I'm just like Albuquerque yeah, yeah. No, oh please go ahead. Dude, um, I... Wait, before you start that, let's take a five-second break. I would love yeah, to. Yeah, five-second break. Let's just make sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, you just got it in my head. Yeah. Let me just make sure. Back. So, like I was saying, I live downtown, and uh, I was informed as we walked out the studio that it was someone in a wheelchair, God bless them, and they were actually fucking with our cars. So, that was a good little pause to take. Take my fucking 98 CRV, bitch. <laughs> I don't fucking care. But, um... No, dude, that live show on Tuesday, it went well. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. well, and what I learned, the few things that I learned was, one, because I want to eventually do a live podcast. Because I did one yeah. in the very beginning, and it was mm -hmm. shit. Like, mm -hmm. it was absolute dog shit. I refused to look at it. And I'm honestly fucking embarrassed that it got so many views that it did, because it's, like, on the podcast. I went views. back and I looked at my video, like, yesterday. I was like, why this bitch got 54? Like, stop. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. Well, because I'm like, because, like, with that one... We did it for the election night, mm -hmm. and we uh, and it didn't help that one of my buddy's girlfriend's bitch friends just kept commenting stupid shit. Um, but we just had the camera be the laptop webcam, and like we were just talking. It was bullshit. Okay, it was honestly bullshit. But yeah. like it was cool seeing like okay, they have this interface that they use, and they have like this whole like camera just setup. New, yeah. And then, um, like the amount of internet that it takes to live stream properly, mm -hmm. and then because like like it was 
fuck, we we didn't get up and running until 8.15, and it was still 102 outside. Gross. And the weather, because again, Xfinity has a monopoly of internet here. Right. The internet was getting affected by the heat because the fiber optics didn't reach that far. Right. Like yeah. here in downtown, I mean, this is we're chilling. Yeah. Right. But like where they were, it was a little bit more challenging. Kind but, of, I experienced the same shit. Yeah, but, area, but once we got up and running, it was really good. Yeah. Um, and then what I liked too was, and I didn't expect to really gain this because the main host, shout out to fucking Buck D, dude, he's the shit. Yeah. Shout out to that motherfucker. He is a hilarious ass comedian. We mm-hmm. actually, me and her, we went to Revel last night and we watched the roast battle. That's right. And yeah. that shit was absolutely off the fucking chain. It was great. There were some duds, don't get me wrong, but like it was by and large great. Right. Generally good. And because I had spoken with him on the podcast here back in like fucking April, maybe yeah. end of March going into April. And him and I had a great time. And then going to his podcast, it's him, his homie, uh, Six, who's like a event pr- event promoter, event coordinator, DJ, that kind of deal. Okay. And then their uh, other friend, Larry's a producer of the podcast, but he's also like a DJ and a okay. uh, so he's vid- like pretty well videographer. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And But what was nice was Buck, Buck is 19 years older than I am. His his co-host is another like 15, 20 years, and then the producer is like twenty five years older than I am. Okay. And the fact that like I could hold the conversation with all three of them, great, being two decades you know right. younger, yeah. that really like helped me out. Like, okay, I know what I'm, I kind of know what I'm doing here. Right. Yeah. And it was just interesting to be in a different space. No, I, absolutely, dude. I mean, fuck. Like again, not to because it seems like all I have to talk about is tattooing because it's my entire life. But it's the same thing, dude. Like, um, how that was for you? Like, whenever I went to the tattoo convention. Uh, Feel free to like fuck with the setup, dude. If you want to bring that a little closer to you, like they're sturdy. I'm gonna break your shit. Nah, dude. dude everyone says that, and you're good. Yeah, you're good. Sick. Just like, Sick. All up in the mouth. Sick. Yeah. Um, same shit, dude. It was like it was it was humbling to see a different aspect. It was humbling to see other people doing other things, and like kind of just like how lucky I have it as you know where who my mentor is. Um, it's it, it broadened my horizons. It gave me different, um, you know, like I, I looked at things kind of differently after that. You know, like different walk, different talk type shit. Um, I think it's I think it's it's extremely healthy. No matter what you do to go experience that shit. Yeah. You know, don't don't get confined to your same old shit. Don't think that you. Well, can, playing away, like playing away, you yeah. know, is a great opportunity to learn. You just it it, it puts in perspectives that like you never even would have thought that you would have seen. And I think that's an extremely healthy thing. So when I saw that you were doing that, I was just like fucking sick, dude. Well, and it, well, first of all, it just it makes me happy. And I told him this on the stream. I was like, you know, it just blows my mind that anybody wants to fucking sit down and talk with me, let alone strangers. Fuck you, dude. I would love to talk to you. <laughs> and, I've known, and I've known you my entire life. Well, exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. We've known each other for the better oh, for the better part of 20 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. legitimately the legitimately. better part of 20 years. Yeah, I remember playing Call of Duty on our fucking DS's at, <laughs> at fucking daycare, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude like, I, I remember My dog. that shit. Okay, dude. so this is, this is uh, not to sound like the fucking Unibomber or anything, but this is like the, yeah. this is what happened to America, and this is why technology sucks. Yeah. So when we were kids, mm-hmm. we met mm-hmm. at a, um, daycare. at this daycare center, yeah. right? And so what they would allow us to do, which going back, if mm. if twenty five year old me could go yeah. back, I would beat the shit out of the people looking over us. Right, dude, because, <laughs> fucking right. Because dude. because what they would allow us to do is they would allow us. To, and now don't get me wrong, like it's not like we didn't have anything to do. They had all these fucking jungle gyms and sets, and dude, they and had fucking board games like and basketball drawing. court yeah, and all yeah. this stuff, right? And so 
they would allow us to fucking like they're like okay fucking six year olds (laughs) ten year olds they're like oh because they went up to the fifth grade right yeah yeah i was like okay you guys who have all the brain power in the world you guys have two options you can either go outside exert energy it's hot you know You, you can go outside and exert energy and sweat and be uncomfortable and you know do kid shit right or you can fucking play on your DS, bitch. You can stay in the air conditioning. You can pop in that miniaturized modern warfare. Yeah. Literally, when Call of Duty started putting out the right. DS modern, I remember playing that shit. Mm-hmm. And you guys can fucking plop down for hours and just play your video games for hours. Hell, dude. And I remember it went through like phases of consoles, even like because we were there for a quite for well, quite a while. Because when we first started, it was Game Boy. Advanced. It was Game Boy Advance. Okay, I was gonna bring that up, mm-hmm. and I still have it. I still have mine. I bro. have. Yeah. Well, okay. So if you pull out one of those drawers, there's a Game Boy Advance or a Game Boy. Uh, SP in there. And there's a silver Game Boy in one of those. I don't know which one, but there's a Game Boy in one of those. And um at least there should be. There's drugs. Ah, well. Yo, no. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's there's a Game Boy. And so but what was cool for for those of you who have not fucked with the Game Boy. But turn it off. Now bring it up to the mic. Hmm. Not beautiful. And you have Mario, dude. Yeah. So, back in the day, Ugh. I used to have this fucking... Because, admittedly, my dad's way of parenting was, I'm just going to throw money at the problem, and hopefully it'll shut up. Yeah. And so, and what I had... shutting up. So, <laughs> what I had was, I had this um, little, like, cheap... I'm surprised it still, like, stayed together. But this, like, cheap little silver briefcase... Yeah. my fucking Game Boy. I remember, remember that. that? I still, oh my god. I still have it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know where it is. And it kind of has the texture on the top yes. and then the lock and yes. shit. Yeah. I, I have it somewhere in here. Yeah. Maybe it's like downstairs in the basement area. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember cracking that open and there's a couple of other people yeah. that had their Game Boys. And yeah. now back then, before we had the fancy smancy fucking, fucking Wi Fi, Wi Fi and the Game Boy, connect, you dude, had these yeah. purple cables. Yes. And, they, and if you were with the rich kid, he had the purple cables with the little connectors Matthew in the middle. Matthew fucking Nathan. Do you remember that yes. shit, the, the, dude? The twins. The twins, yeah. So they had these... Uh, God, I don't even describe it. This is what I love having my buddy Joey here. So he could just pull this up and yeah. put it in the episode. Yeah. But like, what it was, if you imagine these purple-coated cables that were connecting the Game Boys together... You had these really special ones that cost like fifty bucks, and they were and, like translucent. Even. Yes, yeah, yeah. And in the middle of like the cable strand, mm-hmm. it had like a uh, imagine like a multi USB, but for the other cable connectors, and they weren't USB. There were these weird little hybrids, and these they had the little ports where they could pop out, and you could do like four player Mario Brothers, where it was like you're yeah, all on the Donkey Kong Mario stage looking shit. things. Before yes. it was Mario Party, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I remember, oh my, I haven't thought about this in so long. So I remember there was this fucking little asshole kid. I cannot remember his name, but he was like prematurely bald at the age of fucking eight. And, oh and what would happen? My, yeah, and what would yeah, happen yeah. is we would all bust out the Game Boys, boot them up, and we would all because for those of you who or the Game Boys, the DS, mm-hmm. and in the DS you would have these lobbies that you would get into, yes. and so yes, you would have these lobbies for like, dude. Oh my fucking god, you, I remember. That, that yeah, you, yeah, you get these lobbies. You you have these lobbies you would get into 
where you like play the actual games, but you would also have obviously like picked art and like right. all that shit, right? And the little chats so, that we used to do. Exactly. So I we never were. I, see. I can't remember if we were playing Mario Kart or if we were doing Modern Warfare, but we were all trying to load into a game, but it was only four people and this little fucking asshole kid yeah. with literally like there would be four of us in a circle. It was you, me, Matthew, Nathan. Most yeah, of the time, yeah. Dude. We yeah. were in a circle trying to get the shit to connect. And for whatever reason, this little asshole, and we didn't like him because he was fucking annoying, he would sit in the corner and connect into our lobby. And then play with us. And we were like, dude, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Dude. And then, of course, this is brand new tech, so we're going to these fucking people who are between the ages of 25 and 55. Right. Like, He's getting into our lobby. Can you fucking Can kick, you him, kick out? him out? And they would be and like, no, you have to play with this fucking kid, dude. So the younger dudes would be like, yeah, we have to. you'd have to play with him. But then the older ones were like, we, we, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. What, what do you, what do you mean? Why? What do you mean you connect? You guys are fucking playing with each other and you're like, D- yes. Why do you think we're sitting in a fucking corner on the beanbags, dude? Oh my yeah. God, man. Yeah, I forgot all about that shit. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's funny to think back now because like, um, I, I'm still in contact with Matthew and Nathan. Um, I still, you know, I fly out to Oregon and I see them immediately. Uh, Matthew and Nathan are doing great. They're they're fucking medical assistants. They're doing fucking big shit. And um, Wait, are they both medical assistants? They're both medical assistants. Are they fucking conjoined by the cock? Like, fucking what absolutely, they- dude. And Matthew, Matthew, what a fucking genius, man. This this kid fucking like has this has this thing where he, it's like uh, somehow they have enough money to fucking do this. Um, Did, do you remember how fucking white and privileged they were, bro? Dude, I remember they're fucking going to their house and, be, and thinking like, dude, I am not supposed to be here. I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Dude. I remember telling you about that. I, yeah, dude. You told me about that as kids uh, and then as no, adults no, 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 as adult, dude. Like, and like, what dude, the fuck? Like, Cause like, I remember going over to your house and thinking like, we would take funny pictures on the MacBook and shit, <laughs> dude. Like, you know, like, and we would like, we would play WrestleMania and listen to Weird Al and shit. Like, we would just, uh, and I would, we would sleep in your fucking bunk bed and shit. Dude, I still have that Weird Al DVD. It's tight, dude. Yes. It, it, it's a fu- keep that shit. But like, it, it was fu- it was funny because like you know like um, I see what they're doing now, and Matthew has this thing where like he has a website that buys shoes the moment that they're. Fucking- oh, he's got a bot. Exactly, and multiple of bots. My buddy Cam does that. Yeah, and then he sells those shoes for like twice the fucking price. Dude, do you know how much money you have to have to get a bot? No, do you, like the top ones are like 10 Gs. So to circle it back to their fucking house as kids, their apartment in Oregon like, like, makes me feel fucking poor. Like state-of-the-art apartment. And I do, I do pretty well for myself. And goddamn, do they make me feel fucking poor because holy shit, dude. Like, they're, 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 it's beautiful, bro. Like, it's, it's out looking downtown. They live together. They fucking live. Well, no, so check this out. They live in the same building. So they, they have separate rooms. <laughs> But it's literally down the fucking, down the fucking, like, literally hallway. I want them to marry a set of blonde-haired, blue-eyed twins. Dude, fucking... Just God, to, like, complete God, the dude, prophecy. Goddamn fucking Matthew has a sugar mama. Okay. And I'm just like, dog, <laughs> why are you living my fucking dream, dude? And and it's funny, but it, it's funny to see, like, you know, like, it was pretty cool, because, like, at one point, I had no idea what I was doing. I was going to school for fucking biology and shit, because I'm still very much a nerd when it comes to that. Biology, human physiology, I love that shit. But I didn't know, like, I didn't want to be, like, that dude fucking uh, in, the, in the mountains for fucking four to six weeks. You know, like, I, I love it, but, like, that's what I'm going to do when I'm fucking 90 and can't tattoo because I have fucking arthritis or some shit. Right. And, um, 
it's just really cool to see like you know like think back to like those those daycare days and think about like us just fucking you know like finding all the glitches and i would hide in a box and you guys would get mad at me because i'd be shooting you out of a fucking box and you're like you're glitching you're glitching i'm like dude it's part of the game suck my fucking dick and you know like it's cool now to see like you know they're 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 fucking going to school to be fucking doctors pretty much and then you're doing this super sweet shit dude and you have a like you have a you built a fucking home dude and then like you know like me like i never thought i got so lucky to find a trade that like i excel at and i and i love and i love showing up every weekend and i have coworkers that i absolutely adore and i learn from um it's cool to see all of us do like our respective shit dude. well and it's it's good to bring that up because i was originally going to actually start with that like mm-hmm. it's it's super important i think to be connected with people that are also chasing what they enjoy like, because there's a difference between success right. and then, you know, like, like, like actual success and then making a lot of money. Right. Because you can, like, and props to the people that love medicine, that love finance, right. do all that, make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that hate their jobs, but they make six figures. Right. But people yeah. who absolutely, like, enjoy what they're doing, they're mm-hmm. chasing their passions. They're fucking color for a living. Like, but, <laughs> okay, you do a little bit more than that, dude. But, like, you know, people that are actually, like, not only chasing what they're doing, but they're getting better at it. Right. Because I, I forget who said this. Um, and I because I, I remember listening to this about a week ago. It's like hard work isn't good enough anymore. It's like not. just Because you can work hard. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually Rogan. And still get shit. It's like you dude. can work really, really hard for, like, 10 to 15 years and then realize you've been doing the wrong thing. You got to circle back, almost restart, and Four then go forward again. Four years in college to decide like this isn't what i want to do i fucking finished it start to finish and then like literally like the day after i was thinking i was like fuck this kind of sucks like like <laughs> dude i don't want i don't want to do this and, you know like because i was working at a lab at unm dissecting mammals for academic study loved that shit i remember it was, that it was sick you know like um really cool work you know like i had the lab coat with my name on it and fuck god damn did i rock that shit but you know like i knew that it wasn't something that like longevity wise like it wasn't what i wanted and um you know, got very lucky with my mentor asking me to be his apprentice, his last apprentice. Um, you know, it's a trade that I see doing for the rest of my life until my body gives the fuck out. Um, it, and it, it's exactly, dude, like, I don't, I can't imagine doing anything else. And, like, he, fuck yeah, I, it feels like there's, you know, being 24, like, I feel like I've had to restart. Because, like, I have a friend in Washington, she's killing the game at tattooing. She's fucking 21 as, as an apprentice, and she's just fucking doing amazing. So I already feel like I'm fucking late to the game. But then it, it ties back into, like, never compare yourself to other people because it's just, it's your own individual journey. Well, I think... And it sucks because social media on paper was such a great idea. Fuck Instagram. It was such a great <laughs> Fuck idea. Fuck Instagram, dude. On paper, but like our generation is, I think we have this unrealistic, and I have to remind myself literally every day. Yeah. I have to remind myself that like, just because you aren't doing so great now, just because you won't, you won't later, because... Think about we, what you were doing last year. Because we, we, we see all these other people that right. may be our age, may be younger. Yeah. Doing whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's tattooing, right. whether it's podcasting, making movies, right. sex work on OnlyFans, right? Whatever they're doing, and they're so fucking successful, mm-hmm. right? Maybe they did get lucky. Yeah. Maybe they're more talented than you. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they have better connections. Exactly. But like, it's you all have your time. Yeah. If, if you keep working at the right thing, exactly. So again, just chipping it away really hard and 
route B when you should have done route A. Fucking A the entire like, time. Yeah, yeah, like that. Exactly. That's a kick in the balls. Because and like same thing. Like dude, like I remember drawing. Like you said, like my entire life, and people would be like, "Oh, I'd get that tattooed," and I'd be like, oh, "I don't want to be a tattoo artist. I can give a fuck about that shit." <laughs> You know, like, maybe I'll be a fine artist. Because I did, I did do fine arts for a long time. Figure drawing, figure study, and, like, figure painting for a long time. So I can draw people like a fucking madman. But I never, I never like, thought of it in, in, in a career choice. And um, I should have. It was like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, I really should have. Because, like, I remember one time, I think it was freshman year of college, we had to write a paper. What are you passionate about? And I was like, fuck, I'm not passionate about shit, dude. Like, I don't give a fuck about anything. I don't even, like, I'm kind of just going through day-to-day motions. Like, you know, like, not depressed, but, like, not happy. And then, like, you know, like, I sat down and I thought about it. And I was like, fuck, the only thing I actually enjoy is, like, drawing and painting. And that's when it, that was, like, the first moment that I was just like, fuck. I've been in so many opportunities where I could have been started tattooing by, like, 17, 18. And I just didn't take it. And it's all that opportunity thing. But like now that I'm doing it, you know, I started at like 22, 23. Um, and now being 24, like it, it's it's cool to see like, you know, like it, it's just it, everything kind of sets out as it happens. Life throws opportunities at you. And it's, it's kind of like that fate or coincidence debate. Like, you know, like were you meant to do this? Was it just a coincidence? I think they're kind of one and the same. Life throws fucking opportunities at you. It's up to you to fucking take them. So like it finally, you know, like I broke that cycle and I was like thinking, like, all right, what's the thing that I can see myself doing for the rest of my life? And I thought it was science, because I fucking love science. But then I was like, dude, I just want to fucking draw and I want to paint for a living. I want people to like dig my shit. I want people to like buy my flash and get my tattoos and like support me in that way. <laughs> exactly. And, it, you know, like now I'm, I'm there and it's just like it's almost imposter syndrome. But it's not because at the end of the day, it was just like this was what I was meant to fucking do. Well, and to counter that because you said, well, I had so many opportunities. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's say. And um, just, again, just from knowing you for so long, you mm-hmm. were a very different person at 18 than you are now. Oh, completely. So let's assume that you yeah. did take that opportunity at 18 years old. Right. What if you took that opportunity at 18 years old and you fucked it up royally? And I would have. I, and was, you, a, and I you, was a fucking idiot at 18. And, you know, I'm still very much an idiot now, but, like, I'm an idiot with respect. With, with dedication <laughs> and, and fucking just, you know, like, an overall love for the game and... um you know, like, like I said, everything kind of happens as it should. And, um, you know, at 18 versus now I would have had a completely different mentor, but the mentor I have now, like, dude, we fucking, it is, it was meant to be, it was like, you know, like our styles, our, our, the, the love for black, the love for just, um, you know, like certain things that like stylistic choices that you don't find often. Like, you know, those are the things that kind of like, I, you know, like it's, it's easy to overlook the time aspect of it, but, um, you know, at the convention, I met someone who started at fucking 30. I know people at my shop that are like 30 and just started and it's just like, it's not a time thing. It's just like a, when it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Don't compare yourself. And it's, it really like like open my eyes this whole pandemic that happened and i love because, the pandemic well because like i was having this conversation on the live podcast that i was doing mm-hmm. and again because those guys were at least 20 years older than me right like you know rounding up yeah and so they knew the bullshit of the world by the time i was born or they're waking up to it right right but you look at our generation 
And what really separates us from them right. was the fact that we, excuse me, we grew up in a post 9-11 world. Right. Yeah. So we grew up on the fucking America's the best patriot. That's sounded kind of cool. <laughs> America's the best patriotism we're gonna fucking go and get those motherfuckers that did 9-11 and we're join the fucking military we're gonna do all these things yeah. right yeah and now though we're all waking up like oh it's kind of bullshit all like of we yeah. are still like by and large we are the best country to live in mm. for the most part sweden's looking kind of e- nice even though. as things fall like we're probably gonna come out on top mm-hmm. but but like with Wait, but up until the pandemic, we were always fed like, you know what, no matter how incompetent, no matter how stupid or ignorant or much of a sideshow, especially during the Trump administration. Right. No matter how much of a like sideshow or a carnival the fucking government is, we're going to be okay. Right. And yeah, we'll see a 2008 housing crash and all these things, but we're going to be fine. It's yeah. all right. And we and love them or hate them, I mostly don't really like a lot of things that happened in the Trump administration. Right. I see a lot of the economic um, positivities that happened during the Trump administration, right? It's like, okay, we might be on a good track. But now in a post-COVID world where our government absolutely shit the bed, they fucked up almost everything, everything. that they could have fucked up, right? They Dude. messed up everything. And then it's, now we're going for hu- like for just basic human rights. It's just like, <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys fucking bored at this point? So what my, We're like, mm, pandemic wasn't enough. Let's take their rights away. Well, because my point is, well... Life is fucking too short. Mm-hmm. This is all a joke. Mm-hmm. If you love what you love, do what you got to do to make ends meet. Right. Pay your rent, buy your food, pay for your car, pay for your cell Take phone. Take care of your you, fucking dog, right, whatever. So you can yeah. continue to live the basic life. But if you really love what you love, use your extra time right, to fucking push towards that. Exactly. And do what you can. Because even if you don't become like the next best tattoo artist or the greatest whatever you want to be. Right. Right, like for me, it's you're directing. doing what you love. Like I'd love to get into like directing movies. Like, I'm going to college doing and doing all mm-hmm. that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, even if I don't become any of the greats, yeah, at least like I I don't want to because like there's this there's, there's a uh, I'm sure you've fucking seen it or read it too where it's like, you know, they these people I forget who it was but they interviewed those people on their deathbed and it's like what do you regret and it's like oh spending time with their family or not chasing their dreams mm-hmm. like not really doing what they love mm-hmm. like, well even if I don't become the greatest fucking whoever at least I tried dude man. right like who fucking knows I could be like the worst tattoo artist out there but I'm fucking doing what I love well you you brought up a really good point about thirty minutes in you're like well um if you don't try the answer's already no. Right. And it is. Yeah. Like, it completely is. Everything, tattooing, podcasting, whatever the fuck you're choosing to do, it is a, it, it's a leap. And yeah. you can, like, dude, I fucking worked at Home Depot prior to tattooing. Um, it, it was like, dude, like, I would sit there and I'd mix paint because I fucking mixed paint and I was just, like, getting harassed by these people that, like, own their own shit. And I was just like, this fucking sucks. <laughs> You know, yeah. getting asked if I hate white people over a fucking tattoo or like getting like, like people get like this fucking close to my face and just be like, fuck you. And I'm like, over paint for real. Okay. And, <laughs> and it's just like that. That's like, you know, you know, there's in, in contrary to that, there's people um, that are definitely built for that lifestyle. But then there's those few that are meant for more. And like, you know, like if you feel that, if you're like, you know, I'm not happy my nine to five, I'm not happy with working at fucking Home Depot or wherever the fuck you work, there's more. 
you just have to fucking take that leap. Everything's a goddamn leap. I agree to a point, but I think also life happens. Life definitely. Right. And I think there's a lot of people that like, they're okay or they're really happy with a nine to five. They're happy working at like the Walmarts, the Home Depots, whoever, because Mm -hmm. of like, they've gotten so low in life. Right. Everything's in perspective. Well, like there's this guy, Uriel, that I used to work with. Um, Super sweet guy. Motherfucker is 21 with two kids. Uh, oh. And he's and he's stuck at Home Depot. God but dude, bless. He, and, he, and I know he hates it, but God damn, is he good at his job. And like, and like you know, if you want to call them NPCs, if you want to call them... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, no. If you want to call them whatever the fuck you want, dude, they are meant to be there. And you can tell, because like, you know, like, um, it's that main character versus NPC energy, bro. Like, it, and it's very much real. Like, um, but you need, you need people. It's a cog. Like, Everything. This is one giant machine. And every cog in the machine fucking. Right. Whether they're just passing through mm-hmm. or they're making it a career, mm-hmm. you need people to keep these things running. And that's exactly. what COVID exposed. When yeah, no one was working dude. anymore. When nobody. I was fucking working at Home Depot. Dude, well, that just sucked. Well, because yeah. it was considered a, a, an essential business. How but, the fuck is paint essential? But, but if, still. But yeah. if you look at a place like Home Depot where it's considered essential, right? And you look right. at that time frame, even mm-hmm. in two years, two years is a blink of an eye in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things. Fucking right. Exactly. So yeah. if you look at 2020, and it was a time where no one was able to work because everything shut down. Right. And then you flash all the way forward to now everywhere where it's is, everywhere's yeah. hiring. Nobody wants to work because of how much of a welfare state most of this country became. Right. For better or worse. Well and I think it just opened up the eyes of people that like, you know, it definitely made me realize like I'm not meant to fucking work at Home Depot. Like dude my last day my last day was my favorite day at Home Depot. I got high as fuck. I knew that like I was gonna quit eventually. I was waiting to get fired. Because I was, I had already started my apprenticeship, and I was just like, I got very like comfortable at my apprenticeship, which comfortable is something that you should never be. But at the same time, like it, it was nice. Um, but I walked in. <laughs> the moment I clock in, I walk out, I go to the paint desk, and my my uh, store manager comes up to me. See, my eyes are bloodshot red, and and I can't believe this. Keep going. I'm just gonna set up like a tripod real quick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I fucking uh, I hop on the forklift. And I and I get like these triple stacked pallets of fucking paint, dude. And it's a pretty routine thing for me. Like it's pretty like you know I did this every day. I I, I it's whatever. But um, I was pulling the pallet out, and it got stuck. So then whenever I pulled it out, it like fell off, and all of the five gallon paints that were on there broke. And then started just fucking trickling down, dude. So that's at least that's at least fifteen thousand dollars. I was gonna say that's a few like tens of thousands. Yeah, and and dude, like so, what I did, I took off my license. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on. I put it on the forklift. I took off my apron. I folded it up real nice and put it on. Took out the key, hung it up. I looked at my manager. Gave him the peace sign and I fucking left because I knew, <laughs> I knew that some shit, like they were going to have to drug test me. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm actively smoking weed. Like, <laughs> like I'm high right fucking now. You think now. I'm going to do this sober, <laughs> you bro? You think I'm going to fucking help you clean this shit? Like, you know, it was definitely dick move, but at the same time, it was just like, I was getting, I was getting, I, I it, the pandemic really opened my eyes about like how much I was getting abused at that workplace and how much I fucking hated it. And it made me appreciating like the idea of tattooing so much more because it was just like, cool, I'm my own boss. 
sure you you do your fucking few years as an apprentice but after that you're a fucking you're your own boss um but you you like and i i kind of um i kind of realized that like that was the most important factor to me um and that's whenever i really i i fucking took that leap i took that leap into tattooing and i was just like you know what this is what i want to do for the rest of my life this is this is me and you know like looking at me you can look at me and be like that dude's an artist or delinquent whatever fucking thing that you you know whatever background you have um and like you know it it was that nine to five that really prioritized that state of mind for me um so like no matter what you're doing if you're not happy at nine to five like there's something more there's always something more um try to capitalize and i think like our generation and definitely the generations after us are really capitalizing on that idea so like tying back into the you know, no one wants to work or whatever. It's like, fuck that. No one wants to work because you, you're making fucking shit money for exactly. shit work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's no one wants to work. Because, like, even before, like, inflation got to the point that it was right. or that it is, mm-hmm. is nobody wants to work bullshit jobs for the bullshit rate that it's paying. But money. here's the thing, though. Yeah. Here's the two, but I have to push back on that narrative, too. It's like, okay. Excuse me. The crowd that's pushing back on that is like, why do I need to get paid more? I need to do this, that, and the other. It was like, well, dude, figure out what you want to do. Like, because the world's ugly, man. The world does not fucking you care about have you. Conflict, uh, conflict with that resolution, right? And you I need, feel like everyone just brings up that nobody, conflict. Like, you don't like. I firmly believe that. I do. I think people deserve a baseline of healthcare. Yes. Fuck do it, I deserve yes. deserve that? Uh, do I believe that people deserve a baseline of living? Sure. Right, but. Anything much more than that, like, That's up if, to you. if you want to be fucking really comfortable in life, if mm-hmm. you really want to be, especially because, again, we can't live in a fantasy land where everyone's happy and everything's fine. And blah, blah, blah. No, we this are. This isn't fucking Canada, like, bro. Right, yeah. Like, this is capitalism. Right. Like, capitalism is where we live. So, yeah. therefore, if you want, if you want what you see on Instagram, mm-hmm. first of all, it's not fucking real. Mm. Get that through your head it immediately. It it's not is. real. Yeah. But. If you want anything that even resembles that, you need to therefore better yourself. Dig deep and work fucking yeah, hard. Yeah, you need to work yeah. hard. Like and that's the beauty of America, dude. It's like you know, yes. like you fucking you dig deep, you work hard, it, it pays off. You need to. Yeah. Well, again, if you work hard at the right thing, I just and, want universal healthcare. That's all I want. No, I agree. That's I I, I agree. Mm-hmm. There should be a baseline of healthcare, mm-hmm. not just for people who like either they served in the military. If I have or to pay they, fucking a hundred bucks more so fucking Joe can get his like fucking tinnitus yeah. checked out. Sick. No, dude. seriously. Yeah. Like there needs to be a baseline of that. Right. I completely agree. And the fact mm-hmm. we haven't come to terms with that. I mean, that's a whole other conversation that can right. lead us for another three hours, but yeah. like, fuck, but like, it, term limits and just getting all these idiots out so that we can... Older like, generation. And, and they're the, halting progress. Like, that's what I'm saying, dude. Tattooing did you, fucking Did you see politics. that Nancy Pelosi got asked, has your husband ever made money off of um, stocks due to information he's given you? Or she's that you've given him. Right. And she was like, no, of course not. What are you talking about? No, of course not. And she got the mic and went and walked away. Uh, so that's an obvious fucking answer. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's fucking ridiculous. Time limits. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fucking insane. Yeah, and that's why, like, you know, like, it's easy to look at the the like the status of the government of life in general, fucking everything that's going on, global warming, even like everything that's kind of fucking going on. Do what you fucking love. 
because it's gonna end anyway it's gonna end so and and if it's if even if we don't see the end of life like do we still we're not immortal beings bro just enjoy your life like i can't tell you like i used to carry so much dread with me that existential dread where it's just like i don't know what i'm doing i have no purpose here and now dude i fucking like i said earlier like I, i i get up I hang out with my dog, and I water my fucking stupid little plants. They're not stupid. I love them. And then, you know, I read my goddamn books, and I and I paint, and it's given me a purpose because, like, none of that would have started if I didn't take that leap into, like, you know, like, I was poor. I would, you know, that first, that first, a lot of apprenticeships don't fucking pay you, and if you do get paid, it's very minimal. It's very, it, it's not much. So, like, you, you're literally, it, it's a fucking leap. And, but like being poured to like what it is now, it's fucking worth it, dude. Like it's, that leap is always worth it because you'll never know. Even if it's fucking not, you have that entire experience. Dude, like we're we're in our twenties. Fuck, even thirties still relatively young when it comes to shit, when it, when it comes to, because like a lot of people don't, it doesn't click for them until their thirties. Um, like what they want to do. And it's just take that fucking leap find what you love and lean into that shit so fucking heavy dude and like i said like you know i definitely plan on being a good tattoo artist but like hypothetically if i was the shittiest dog shit tattoo artist i'm still leaning into that because there's only even if you're at the bottom there's only fucking room for an improvement regardless of what field you're in podcasting tattooing fucking medical field shit there's only room for improvement. There's only room for dedication and hard work that's going to get you at least somewhere, you know? And I think that's like the most important thing than that. What the pandemic showed in it, everybody was just like, so plan A was fucking dumb. Plan B, you know, like everyone kind of just woke up and was like, okay, cool. Like we, we need to do more. Um, and like, dude, the pandemic fucking like, it, it was crazy. Cause like, even like I was rewatching our, our first episode and uh don't don't do that um (laughs) it's crazy to see like even how much i changed from point a to point b you know like the humbleness is there the the i know who i am now i'm not like like i'm very secure with myself and that's all through that stupid fucking hard work where you're gonna have more bad days than you do good you're gonna have days where you hate fucking everything and everybody but it is so healthy and so humbling for the mental, like the mental aspect of it that you're just like, I'm going to get what I fucking came for and nothing in this life is going to stop me, which also ties back into that Griffith shit, dude. Like I fucking love that. And I was just like, big Kings bail it, dude. Yes. And like, it's, it's very much like life repeats itself. It's all cycles. Well, I think that is a great point to end Mm -hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get out of here, where can people find your art? Where are you yeah. again? One more time, like where are you working out of? Yeah. So I'm at Serpent Street Tattoo. It's um, kind of on the west side. Um, my art Instagram is uh, Suave Punk. Um, I'm still working on the name. Don't fucking give me that face. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking about tat. You know, like Beef Daddy or something. There's this. <laughs> There's, there's some shit in the works, but it's suave underscore punk. Um, I do commissions. I do paintings. I sell a lot of my flash. Um, again, I'm an apprentice. Come through. We would love to have you, like anybody, honestly. Um, it's, it's an experience. We, we would love, you know, like um, we're a very welcoming tattoo shop. Uh, if you just want to check out, check out the shop, check out the flash on the, on, on, the, on the walls or just the environment, more than welcome to do so. Um, 
yeah we 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 would love to have anybody honestly um and like that's that's one thing that like i've honestly gained to love this is meeting new people through this and um you know like the instagram aspect i'm not the best at answering messages me either at all but i will always you know go back and take the time to um try to message back especially if it's something about art and if anyone has questions about like you know apprenticeships or what it's like i would love to answer that as well because there is a lot there's a lot that goes into apprenticeships there's a lot of hierarchy a lot of mental abuse that goes into it um either existential or like internal um you know like it, it's doable uh if, if it's if tattooing's you know what you want to do it, it's fucking doable and i'm never going to be the type of guy that's going to be like hey I'm gatekeeping all my fucking secrets. Fuck that mentality. I think that's a mentality that's hindering a lot of tattooing aspects at the moment. I will always be open. I will always try to help whoever needs help. And um, we, but yeah, we would love to have you again. That's suave underscore punk. That's awesome, man. Well, yeah. listen, I uh, I'm happy you came through again. Yeah, absolutely. This was a blast. Too. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this has been a fucking. This has been a great time, dude. I can't so wait to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Kobe Green, everybody. Yeah. See you next time. Yes, sir. Peace. Oh, <laughs>